This is Asasi Podcast, enabled by Asasi Radio. The following presentation was previously aired on Asasi Radio. We're going to be talking to um, finance systems analyst Kweku Adoboli and also Reverend Dr. Walanyo Mensa. Uh, he's a chartered economist. Uh, you know, a couple of days ago, we uh, broached the conversation. And let's face it. Everywhere you turn, there's some level of distress. The economy is in distress, and there's several factors. There has been um, quite a lot of talk about, let's go to the IMF, or they say, no, let's look at homegrown solutions. As a matter of fact, what are the options available to this country? Okay, imagine Ghana as a business. You're running a business, you have challenges, um, do you go to the bank for loans? Can you reach out to friends? Can you cut costs on certain things? What are the options available to Ghana? And is the IMF one of those? So let's go and have a chat with Reverend Dr. Walanyo Mensa and also Kweku Adoboli. Good morning, Reverend Dr. Walanyo. Uh, good morning and uh, good morning to our cherished the country. Uh, we're thankful once again to have you on this conversation. When we started a couple of days ago, uh, we did, you know, examine um, why the IMF, in uh, opinion, in some opinions, all schools of thought, is not where we ought to be going as far as uh, looking for a way to get the economy back on track. Um, you mentioned that it was necessary to look at some homegrown solutions. Um, but what I would like for you to start off this morning's conversation with is what are historically and per trend the things that make countries end up going to the IMF? Thank you very much. I, I, I think by and large, we realize that we are of globalization and development we are gradually migrating from a traditional economy to a more digitized economy. And every country should be able to break this gap. Once you fail to do that, you are creating more crisis for your local economy. Now, if you fail to manage a fiscal or maintain a fiscal discipline where you are not able to balance your expenditures to that of your revenue generations, and there is a likelihood that um, you'll be running to IMF for bailout. If you are also not able to maintain a fiscal stability and also to ensure that the economy have a very good stand, then you'll be running to the World Bank. If you have a very huge structural deficit, and uh, it's likely you will not be able to have revenue to be able to mitigate that. It is likelihood that you're running to IMF. When your economy is expressing or experiencing much more distress, then it's likely you'll be running to IMF. So the underlying factors are that if you failed to maintain a fiscal discipline and also to maintain a stability within the local economy, then it's likely that you are not on top of managing the affairs. So you needed uh, an expert or expertise services from the IMF and World Bank. 
And that is what necessitated much most of the economies running to IMF and World Bank. Right. Now, the IMF, um, you know, has as its core responsibility, um, you know, providing loans to member countries who either are experiencing actual or potential balance of payment problems. Uh, we've been joined on the uh, video link by uh, Mr. Kweku Adoboli. He's a finance systems uh, analyst. Now, anybody who's a member can, 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 can go to the IMF for financial assistance. Uh, it is not something that uh, everybody seems to like the idea of. Uh, Dr. Walanyo uh, Mensah has mentioned that as far as he's concerned, we should be looking inward to homegrown solutions uh, for this particular um, intervention. But, uh, Kweku, in your opinion, um, is the IMF one of the options we should consider? I think IMF is exactly that. It is an option. Um, it is important that we remember that as a maturing uh, 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 national economy, that we need to be able to rely on all the tools that are available to us in a financial crisis. And it is important for us to look at the IMF as a tool that we can use in a financial crisis, rather than the place we go when we run out of money all the time. And if we look at it as a tool in the financial, that we can use in a financial crisis, then we can look at the other options that we can use to avoid going to the IMF. Right? Because the idea here is that global investors have lost confidence in Ghana. And one of the reasons that we might go to the IMF is to get confidence back. Now, there are other ways in which to get confidence. It's to say that IMF is that we will rely on if the situation arose. The other reason we might go to the IMF is if we needed to um, if we run out of money, right? So it looks like, based on our current run rate, based on the monies that are being raised through bilateral loans and some other ideas in the pipeline, that we will run out of money sometime towards the end of 2023. So that means that in order to avoid the difficulties that will arise as we run out of money, you might choose to go to the IMF before that so that you don't have to restructure your economy. So in looking at the IMF as a tool, that is one way. That's probably the best way to look at it. Yeah. Whether or not we should go to the IMF is a completely different question. Right. I mean, I'm glad that uh, we're having this conversation because, um, again, um, when you look at the fact that the IMF itself, you know, it was a creation in the wake of World War II. And, and at the time, it was purely to manage the global regime of exchange rates and uh, international payments. Now, if you recall, the fixed exchange rates, um, you know, um, had a collapse in 1970s, I think it was 73, uh, thereabout. And it made the fund now take a more forward role in intervening in debt crisis in developing countries. But there has been consistent warnings of developing countries that the conditionalities that come with an IFM, uh, sorry, an IMF, um, um, you know, bailout, uh, oftentimes does not inure to the benefit of the, the developing nations. Um, why should this be an option? And at the moment, uh, Kweku, uh, are we, you know, bang out of luck to the point where the IMF might be a closer option to exercise 
than going out to look for money in the ways that we have done in the past. Yes, I think this is a really important. This is a really important question. It is the reason why uh, Honourable Kenneth and this government have been pursuing policies that will take Ghana beyond aid. Policies that will allow us to rely on ourselves and be able to stand on our own two feet and not need to go to these Bretton Woods institutions who have never been our interests because that's not the way they've been structured. They've been structured to work in the interests of the developed markets, let's be honest. Now, um, and they've been structured to act as a stabilizer in an, a system that is in constant disequilibrium, right? And so, because it is well understood by all the players in the market that developed markets are going to, developing markets are going to require assistance because effectively they're being extracted from being constantly hollowed out. And I think the important thing to do while we're looking at IMF right now is to say that it is, it is to be seen only as an option and only as an option if we can also have a conversation around the terms under which we go to the IMF. And the reason I'm saying that is that this, the financial situation that we're in, the tightening economic conditions we're in, are not really the fault of, of developing nations. Right? The, the tightening financial conditions of which Ghana was the, one of the first signs back in September last year is a result of macroeconomic and monetary policies of the developed nations that have been put in place for the last 12 or so years in which they've increased their central bank balance sheets to the tune of about $35 trillion. They've printed about $35 trillion cumulatively across all of these developed nations. And that is what's causing inflation, and it's, that's what's causing the tightened financial conditions, including the shortage of dollars, which is making the city weaker and weaker as people try and grab more dollars from around the world. And so to fix this problem, we need to go... If we did go to the IMF, the IMF would have to give us terms that would acknowledge that these are not these challenges we're facing are not our fault. And the reason they need to do that is because if they don't, then the solutions they put in place will not solve the problem. And that's the challenge we face now is that we have to put solutions in place that actually solve the problem. And since the problems are being caused as the result of agreements and systems that have been in place since the Second World War, those systems do not work in our favor and, uh, uh, and, and are not designed for our current situation. So any agreements we make now, we should be bold and confident enough to say that as, as maturing economies that are the source of the very commodities that are growing in value so fast at the moment, we should be able to change the nature of our agreements so that any solutions that are put in place are actually effective. Uh, Dr. Walayan uh, Mensah, in, in your thoughts, um, you know, you've articulated, you know, so far that you're for homegrown solutions. Now, I understand that if you would look at the, uh, what we would call the developed economies, they all have gone through uh, points where they were typically agrarian, uh, they went through an industrialization phase before we have, you know, the level of development that they have at the moment. Now, we are at the point in our development curve, we haven't even broached industrialization properly. Um, and you're talking homegrown solutions. So the wherewithal to actually finance these things, do we have it um, within um, our homegrown uh, box of uh, options? 
and if not how then do we bridge the gap between here and there where there be there is industrialization and the benefits it will bring to our economy yeah, thank you very much once again you realize that i'm yet to find out a single country under this sun that has been held by world bank or imf to really fully develop world bank and imf programs and their stimulus packages are not meant for countries to develop they are meant for countries to get stability and so you can decide to use imf and world bank for 100 years just to stabilizing your economy never develop that is why when you look at the the policies and the stimulus packages of IMF and World Bank is purely for um, expenditure purposes, recurrent expenditure, and not into capital investment. So the stimulus packages will be going to salary payment or salary wages, um, capacity building, seminars, and at the end of the day, they even spend the assets over here. This is all about for infrastructure development, they get their own people, they get their own contractors to execute projects, and at the end of the day, the money has been repatriated back to those countries. What people should to know is that IMF and World Bank is just also a financial institution like Ghana Commercial Bank. They have their own interest. Their interest is to develop your country. Uh, so we used to be so mindful about these so-called um, uh, multinational innovations, which they never help any now. They portray as if the economy is so weak and you need an assistance. If you open up to the community economy, but seeing the First Republic during the Zalani's time to date, or to even the, the Muhammad's time, what has we not allowing the IMF and World Bank to do. Given our economy to them, I look at the stage in which they have left us. And so if not because of the COVID, I think when we have exited the IMF conditionalities around 2017, 2018, I think we, we it's that we are managed economy better than when they were in charge. And, and so uh, we really need to move forward and look for industrialization. Now, if our current position of how best we wanted to industrialize Ghana beyond aid, Africa beyond aid, then I think that the president had the vision of uh, uh, transporting or transforming the country from a third world into the best economies. And that has to do with industrialization. Government came out with the policy of one is one factory. Um, one district, one warehouse, one village, one dam. And one village, one dam is purely domestication. So, really, I'm going to that means raw materials. And the raw materials will be coming from my green sector. So that we don't continue experiencing something like the commander sugar factory issue, whereby the factory is ready, there are no raw materials. So, the two needs to work concurrently. And I believe that. We all about political will to commit resources. So if we decided that the um, resources and revenue you are going to generate from the e-levy should go into 
developing industries. Every district should have at least and three factories. Then gradually realize that you are solving rather by creating, you are expanding the economy, you are creating more jobs. Once more jobs are being created, you are minimizing the crime rate, rate minimizing spend less on the security agencies to ensure there is stability. Once you reduce that expenditure, you are getting more revenue back to the state for infrastructure development. And so I'll urge that um, the, the managers of the economy should rather look at cutting down or reducing expenditures, especially at the governmental level. Let's reduce unnecessary expenditures, duplication of wealth, duplication of services and portfolios. Let's reduce and eliminate the then we have a briefing space. Then the little money that we have, we need to appoint relevant people to manifest these portfolios for us as a country. And so that will help us to transform and move from uh, even the middle country to a well-developed yeah, uh, do, do, Dr. Mensa, you know, you make some fantastic points on this, uh, but one can't help, um, you know, try and uh, explore the dichotomy between, you know, stability and development. Uh, what you're saying essentially is that if you run to the IMF, what you're getting is a band-aid, you know, it's basically a band-aid uh, to keep you going. And that's not necessarily what's going to, you know, uh, spur us into development. Exactly, I think you are right. The whole thing is that we can um, narrow it to these illustrations so that people understand well. Mm-hmm. When one is injured, sometimes you run get a first aid. First aid is not necessarily a diagnosis, it's not a, a, a complete treatment. So what IMF does to our economy is that it gives us the first aid. Then the first aid will now enable you to have a briefing space Plan and be able to develop. So, MF World Bank, you know, is a first aid. Mm. And but then we are saying that society has sophisticated, development has really advanced, and so we need to move away from its first aid by having a clinical sector. And this clinical sector will give us the ample time to replan uh, the, the economy. And so we can continue going to perfect Every good medical officer knows that he needs to be diagnosed very well before treatment uh, can be provided. Mm. And so, you know, by. by- if I may, Doc, uh, permit me, but by this analogy, it, it suggests that our um, upward trajectory. Uh, from 2019 into 2020, you know, was all was short-lived because we've had one um, crisis and 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 we we're, we're basically tethering on the brink of collapse again, um, where at the moment um, our revenues are not looking great. Um, we're having to, um, you know, if if my information is correct, we are um, seriously cash trapped. You know, there's District Assembly Common Fund is in delay. All kinds of statutories are delayed. Um, I'm I'm just building up. I'm just building a a scenario to get your thoughts on something. Now, um, one of the things that I observed is that the countries that ended up going on the to the IMF either had, um, you know, some external shocks like the COVID, which everybody uh, admits has disturbed economic activities globally. 
but it has exacerbated um, the symptoms of possible fiscal indiscipline on the part of certain um, uh, some of the states. Would you say that in Ghana's case, it is strictly an issue with the external uh, factors or maybe our own fiscal discipline didn't hit the threshold that would have given us the backbone to withstand the shocks of the COVID and the Russian-Ukraine war, uh, as we're, we're, we're saying? Yes, I think you are right. And uh, definitely this also beats my imagination when even the president sometimes talks about our woes, our challenges based on the Russia-Ukraine war and, uh, with the issue of COVID. I think the issue of COVID and Russia-Ukraine war is more of a blessing than a curse to our economy. One, you realize that when the COVID came, the quantum of resources that we received to support to stimulus our economy has been so gargantuan. And so as I know, as a country, we feel to easily account for these funds. And so I believe that we could have uh, really turned uh, this economy around if we have really made a judicious use of these resources. Now, if you consider the Russia-Ukraine war, the biggest effect of the Russia-Ukraine war is that it increases in the uh, international food price. And now Ghana is also an exporter of crude oil. And so that means that we are making an extraordinary profit of close to 60% of our projected estimate. So why is the finance minister not talking about this? That we are now getting more revenue from the crude oil than before. And so the Russia-Ukraine war has really brought um, much more blessing into the, the state. And now you also need that the um, our revenue to debt ratio has also improved. Uh, ever since that we have uh, exited the IMF web conditionalities. And so it's purely, our problems now is purely mismanagement, misappropriation of funds, misapplication of funds, mismanagement of funds. And I think that once we are able to discipline ourselves fiscally, we should be able to come out of these fools. I don't think we have any tragic uh, problem on hand. But I think domestically, we, we, we find it very difficult to appropriate funds very well. Kweku, uh, let me come to you. Um, I think this is a conversation that would require uh, us to dedicate maybe two hours at least to it. Um, I will, I will, I will see what we will be able to do together on this uh, before this week uh, runs out. Maybe have a special forum tomorrow on this because um, we're at a point where on their sassy breakfast show and our ethos as an organization is we find solutions and we need to find a way out of this. It's collectively our responsibility, albeit run by a few individuals that we have um, elected to do so. Now, what I want to bring um, your attention to or what I would like to get from you, Kweko, is this, that we're in a situation, um, it is what it is, right? We don't have a lot of money. We may need to go borrow just to keep going. But in the long term, while we're doing, um, you know, the quick, let's get some Band-Aid as the horizontal, there has to be some vertical movement in developing and re- uh, or diversifying our economy 
so that it allows us to have streams of income uh, from various different um, you know sectors. Industrialization is is critical. Entrepreneurship has been talked about a lot, uh, but I've never seen an industry or any economy, and correct me if I'm wrong, that has been able to grow sustainably banking purely on entrepreneurship um, and and largely in the services sector. Um, Are we communicating the problem well enough? And are we also articulating the plan of action enough for the Ghanaian to understand that, okay, I have a headache right now. I'm going to need to take this medication. It's bitter, but I'm going to need to take it to ease the pain for maybe two hours. But I will run some tests. And based on that, this is the prognosis and how long we're going to need to fix the problem. Do you get the sense that we're doing that properly? Certainly not. The average Canadian is feeling a ton of pain right now, and they cannot look beyond that pain um, to 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 understand why they're get, why they're suffering. Uh, they don't understand that uh, the financial conditions inside Ghana are a direct result of financial conditions outside of Ghana because of the way we are structured, because we are structured as an import-driven country that exports its raw materials for minimum gain. And that in order for us to fix the long-term solution, first we have to fix the short-term solution that gives us the breathing space, that gives us the ability to say to all of our partners, look, we, we will keep paying you. We will keep paying you. But whilst we're doing that, we're going to invest in owning more of our commodities, more of our production, creating more manufacturing, uh, making our own food, uh, trading with ourselves and with other African nations, because these are the ways in which our armies will catch up, will build. And, we'll, and, and the reality is that most Ghanaians don't know that what's happening is, uh, in terms of the financial conditions, is a result of deglobalization. It's a result of the reverse of the very thing that made our financial conditions better in the first place. More and more countries are starting to look inward. They have to find self-sufficiency and they have to reduce their reliance on these hard currencies, these developed market currencies like the dollar, the euro, the sterling, etc. And we have to be able to trade amongst ourselves and build confidence and markets amongst ourselves. That's the first thing. The second thing is that we need to understand that Ghanaians have remained entrepreneurs and they've remained sole entrepreneurs. Something like over 90% of our uh, industry is, is private sector is run by medium, micro, medium and small, small and medium enterprises. And those industries um, are ultimately um, made of small groups of people. But unless we learn what structures we can build so that those small groups of people, those small groups of entrepreneurs can Come, begin to coalesce and become bigger and achieve economies of scale, we will not be able to develop. So these are the things that we need to be talking about because we need to show them the fact that we have to tighten our belts right now. And the reason we're tightening our belts is that the system we've been a part of has not been serving us and has led us astray. We need to tighten our belts so that we can, re- we can refashion the system so that we can 
move forward and actually grow. And to do that, we have to do um, the, the, the types of things that we've been talking about, including uh, uh, import substitution, increasing manufacturing, finding ways to own more of our commodities, or at least take more of the royalties, etc. These are the, the, the types of conversations we need to be having. The other thing is we have to start thinking about, instead of exporting our raw materials, what do we do to process those materials so that they, they, they increase in value? For example, with fruits and vegetables, you know I love fruits and vegetables. With mangoes, this season we've got a massive surplus of mangoes being produced. The harvest in mangoes is huge. A lot of that is going to spoil because we can't eat all of it. It's just too much for all of us to eat, even though we're having food and, and interestingly dropping our food prices. But if we could just dry those mangoes, then we would have mangoes available all year round, and which would increase the value to the farmers and reduce the prices of food in the country. These are the types of dynamics that we need to start going in search of so that we can put them in place and eat the gains out one by one across the different sectors. Kweku, you couldn't have said it any better. Um, I really believe that um, we have a collective responsibility. So I'm putting you on the spot. Tomorrow, you're freeing up your morning. I'm not asking politely, forgive me. <laughs> if you would be able to free up your morning tomorrow, uh, let's really give this a proper thorough conversation. Uh, Dr. Mensah, I'm not sure what your timing is, but this is a moment I'd like for you to step up for God and country. We're going to bring some minds together. Let's have a thorough, dispassionate discussion about our economy and find some ideas and make some proper proposals that we believe can help us get to the next level. Uh, Kweku, I'd like to thank you this morning and also to uh, Dr. Walanyo Mensa. Thank you for, for your time. Thank you for listening to Asasi Podcast. Follow Asasi Radio on Twitter at Asasi Radio 995 or share your feedback via feedback at asasiradio.com.